Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to part one of episode number 96 of my 60 Music Podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. So first of all, I'd like to welcome all of you to part one of episode number 96 of my 60 Music Podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or in Stitcher, or on iHeartRadio, on Google Play Music, or on Spotify, and you're wondering, so what the heck is this? I'm just going to give you a brief description of what this show is all about. Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, and I'm a 24-year-old song slash producer, and each week with this podcast, I take one song by one artist in the 60s and put the show in two parts. First part of the show, I talk about my opinion of the song and why I think it's so good, or why I think it sucks, and then do my own personal analysis on the arrangement of the song, which will include the chords, million lyrics, and the second part of the show, I dig deep into the history behind that track. In that part of the show, I talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, what studio the song was recorded at, who are the musicians in the track, whether it be the session musicians or the band members themselves, history behind the artists that recorded the song, and the and the, the label songs released on, where that label is located at, where the studio the song was recorded at, where that studio is located at, the year month the song was released, and the peak position the song made up originally in the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and the history behind the label the song was released on. All of that is in the second part of this show. Moving on, let's get started in this week's song, shall we? Okay, so the song I'm doing this week, again, it's a very uplifting song. It's very powerful. It's super catchy. It's definitely a really, really good song. But at the same time, it also has lyrics that reflect, you know, the situation that we're all in. It has a lot of lyrics that contain a lot of human feelings and emotions that we might be feeling right now as well. And I feel like it's important for me to do songs that are very um, catching, upbeat, so that way they can lift your spirits up during these really difficult times we're having right now as a nation. Um, but I'm also going to be, you know, breaking down the song's lyrics and showing you that, you know, it could be very relatable to you right now. And you could be feeling a lot of the human feelings and emotions that, uh, you know, that the person is feeling in the song, even though the song was written and recorded before, you know, this whole thing started that we're in right now, I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate to the song very much once they listen to it. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I definitely feel what this singer is feeling right now in this song, especially during this time. And it's just a really good song. It's just it's as incredible an arrangement. And I think you'll love it. Um, this song came out in July of 1965. It's by a band called the We Five. The name of the song is called You Were On My Mind. When I woke up this morning You were on my mind And you were on my mind I got This is such an incredible and amazing song, and it really is just very uplifting, and it's just awesome. It's really, really cool, and there's so many incredible things about it. And 
In this episode of this podcast, we're going to talk about what makes a song so good, both musically and lyrically. But first, got to talk about the song's music. Okay, so what makes a song so cool? And it's just what makes a song so great? And, it, and the reason why it's probably one of the most jam-packed signals, singles of the 60s, as far as the arrangement is concerned, it, it just it has this natural progression. And it's one of those songs that plays a lot around with dynamics. And it makes you feel like you're going on a journey with the song. And what I mean by that is like with that intro, there's just drums. And then the bass comes in. And then and the and and then plays a and the bass player plays a pretty interesting bass line that really stands out. But notice how the vocals don't come in until quite a bit after the drummer and bass player start to play. But take notice how everything in the song is relatively quiet for a while. It's just bass and drums and lead vocals. And this is where the song's hook comes in. And interestingly enough, it comes in right away. There's no like pre chorusing like that. It comes in really strong with that hook. And then when the song's other stand comes in, you hear a new instrument which sounds like a 12-string guitar. And then the 12-string guitar plays along with the rest of the band. Now check this out. So um, during this part of the song, you know, you start to hear a little bit of progression, right? You start off with the drums and bass, and then you come in with lead vocals. And then you hear a couple other guitar parts come in. And then right in the middle of the song... You know, when this happens, like right after it gets to the sec second stanza, you know, a turning point in the song pops in. And like a flip of the switch, the drums open up with the drummer switching from a hi-hat to a ride. And the guitar player plays some really tasty guitar fills with this 12-string. And the rest of the band falls in with the harmonies. And I want to point out to you that probably one of the coolest parts of the song is that really hooky whoa whoa part that comes that that's this cool little tag that happens right after lead singer of the song's hook you know basically uh after she sings the hook that's when that little whoa whoa part comes in that's really really cool and again you hear a little natural progression because you know once you hear those drums and bass come in and lead vocal and then things still are pretty quiet and then after that second stanza once we get to the chorus again you start to hear the rest of the band come in and then you start to hear those 12 string guitar fills becoming more intricate and more complex and this is when the excitement energy of the song is uplifted and the song starts to become become more lively and joyous and just when you think the song structure starts to sound predictable because again they're going back to that chorus um the song shoots into another section with a modulation and then the lyrics change, and this is when things are at an all-time high with the song, with the guitar player playing more crazy and intricate fills under the band's layered and complex harmonies. And when things are as loud as they could be, all of a sudden, everything drops and you hear the song go back to where it was before in the intro, with everything being super quiet. And again, this is the, the, you, you could call this the bridge, I mean, but really, it's, it's just another stanza, really. It could be like a second verse, too, but, you know, in that part of the song, that's when things really start to change, because you start to hear a key change, and then you start to hear slightly different chord changes, and then, again, like, that stanza comes in, and then it goes back to the song's intro, and then after once it goes back to the song's intro, things gradually build back up for this part of the song, leading to this incredible climax where it where it basically brings brings it all back to the song's first section, and this time with a different key, of course. But probably the most ear candy part of the song is 
at the very end when things just go crazy and then everything is just pushed up volume wise and the singers of this tune layer on a sus4 harmonies on top of that minor second chord and then the song closes out with the super cool 12 string rips followed by a kick and snare pattern ending on the root chord and then the song is done so that is just so cool because Probably, I mean, the 12-string the, the guitar in the song is definitely the most prominent, most important instrument, but, you know, it's just, but the fact that, you know, it just, there's no really definitive, like, verse, chorus, or bridge, it's just, it's just a bunch of different, there, you, you start to hear somewhat of a structure, because you start to hear things kind of going on a journey with a lot of peaks and valley, but, but what, again, what makes this song so cool is that it definitely plays wrong with musical dynamics when things start quiet and then gradually get louder as more things are brought in. And just when the song reaches peak in loudness, things get back to a whisper and then the song gets loud again for the tune's climax. Now, the reasons to why I think this song makes such a good use of dynamics and other th- other songs may not because some songs, you know, they don't really play around with dynamics that much. Things are kind of just flat as far as volume is concerned. And again, I think the reason for this being is because, you know, like last week's song, this tune has a weird structure considering the hook is literally the f- within the first couple lines of lyrics in the song. You know, it pretty much gets to the whole chorus pretty much right away. And you can say that it's two different versions of the chorus that happen first. And again, this that's the, they sound slightly different because the chord changes aren't exactly the same. And then the song's two verses are basically in different keys. And really, the chord changes don't change that drastically throughout the song, except for when the band comes in, that's when the new chords are introduced in the song, like that major three chord. I mean, basically, the first two sections of the song are pretty much the same uh, chord changes-wise, except for those couple new instruments are brought in, those couple new electric guitars. But the point of all this is that I think the main reason as to why there were so much dynamic peaks and valleys with the song arrangement is because... I wanted this. They wanted this track to be easy to listen to and have some kind of structure that was acceptable in the pop market at the time. Even though the song structure isn't exactly cookie cutter or easily digestible, but that's what makes the song so cool. It's just how it doesn't follow the unwritten structural rules that were instated into pop music very, very early on. It's different. It's really, it's it's definitely slightly more experimental, but not totally out there to the point where it's unlistenable and just plain weird. I mean, again, we're in still in the mid '60s. We haven't quite hit the psychedelic period yet, so you know, you know, the weird experimental songs weren't quite hip yet. But I think they will be, and I think the song might be hints to what was to come as far as popular music is concerned. Because I think you know. Later on in the decade, you would start to hear more experimental, more weird songs in Top 40 Radio. And again, I feel like this song would be a hint to what, to all the weird sort of psychedelic songs that come out of the later part of the 60s when things would really get experimental and you hear a lot of psychedelic, you know, weird, you know, abnormal song structures and pop songs that were getting on Top 40 Radio. Well, this is kind of a hint to that because this song has a weird structure, but again, it's not even close to being a psychedelic rock song. It's definitely very, you know, poppy. But anyways, um, let's talk about the song's lyrics because I feel like with this particular song, I, I think that um, the lyrics of the song could very well reflect exactly how you might be feeling right now in this current situation that we're all in. You know, right from the get-go, right from the very first couple lines of lyrics. 
because when you listen to this song, um, the first line of lyric, you know, basically she's talking about when she wakes up in the morning, she has somebody on her mind. And if you think about it, you know, over the last couple of weeks, you know, we've been th- a lot of times we've been thinking about our friends and we've been thinking about our family that might have been negatively affected by the situation that we're all in. We've, you know, I'm sure when, you know, when we're at home and I'm, all of us are at home right now, we're all quarantined right now. I feel like a lot of us are probably have thought about friends and family that just, you know, lost their job because of the crisis that we're all in or isn't really doing so well because of the situation that we're all in. And, uh, you know, we've all uh, thought about that. I mean, we've all had thought of thought about, you know, people like that. And this songs, you know, the first couple lyrics in this tune, you know, are very much, you know, a reflection of, you know, how we're, you know, what we've been feeling like lately. You know, because again, like I'm sure that you've woken up in the morning and you've had somebody on your mind, and that song perfectly pick, paint, paints that picture within the first, you know, couple lines of lyrics. And I think that's really cool that it does that. And also, further on, uh, she talks about how she's got a lot of issues and problems, and she's got some, you know, hurt. She's been hurt before, and she's trying to heal those uh wounds that she has and uh i'm sure that you know we're all a lot of us are have a lot of issues and things we have to worry about that now that we didn't really have to worry about before this whole thing started but now it's you know it's been on our we've been having a lot of worries you know and we've had a lot of and a lot of us might might have easily been hurt by this and it's going to take a lot of time for us you know uh, you know, to get, uh, you know, basically, um, you know, for those wounds to heal. And I feel like that song really, this particular song really does a good job of capturing that. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I feel like there's other parts of the song that are pretty relatable, like, you know, how she goes to the quote unquote corner, but really, I mean, it's one of those things. I'm not really sure exactly what she meant by that, but, I mean, a lot of times when people say, oh, I'm going to go to the corner, it basically means that they're going to go to the drugstore or something like that. And I'm sure that many of us, if we've gone anywhere, in which we really aren't going anywhere right now, a lot of us have been to the drugstore or, you know, to, you know, to CVS. And, you know, a lot of us have gone, you know, to the quote unquote corner. And I feel like that's my, that's my, that might be what she's talking about, you know, just to ease her pain, you know, so again, like a lot, and, and also the part where she talks about how she came home, I mean, that could easily be something that you're, we're all relating to right now, because we're all home right now, we're not really going anywhere, you know, and yeah, so I feel like uh, this song, you know, is again, and also another part of the song I feel like is pretty relatable, is when she talks about how she's walking away, you know, and she's trying to get rid of all of her sad feelings by walking them off. And I feel like a lot of us are trying to do that too. There, we're, we're a lot of us are even though we're supposed to stay home, we're we're walking, you know, and we're trying to get rid of our sad feel human feelings and emotions by walking them off. And I feel like that's what a lot of us are doing right now. And you know, and basically that's what she's talking about in the song too. You know, so yeah, I mean, 
I feel like with this particular song, I feel like there's a lot of lyrical aspects to it that even though it was written before we got into this crisis that we're all in, I feel like there's many different uh, intricate parts to it that are very relatable to people in this day and age. And I feel like, you know, we could, you know, these the lyrics of the song easily reflect, can easily reflect our current uh, life situation, you know, even though it was written before, you know, this whole thing even started, I feel like you can easily take the lyrics of the song and, act, and, and you know, and take what you can from it and basically, you know, think, say that, yeah, I mean, these song, these lyrics are definitely hold up today and they definitely currently, you know, reflect what's going on right now in our world, you know, so I feel like this, this could be a song that you could easily be able to relate to. And yeah, so, um, I feel like, um, also one thing I want to point out to you is that, uh, the lyrics of the song actually, they, they, they weren't the, the, the version, uh, the hit version of the song, you know, was not the original version. There's a version that came out before that and it actually had slightly different lyrics. The lyrics weren't exactly the same. And, uh, I'll talk more about that in next week's episode of the podcast, but, you know, there this the lyrics of the song have gone through a couple evolutions and um I'll talk more about that in next week's episode of this podcast. But for now, try to listen to the song and try to find some comfort in it. Cause I feel like, you know, you'll be able to, because again, I feel like the lyrics of the song definitely are are definitely a reflection of what's currently going on right now in the world. And I feel like you'll definitely be able to relate to them. So that concludes part one of episode number 96 of my 60 Music Podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and if you like my analysis on this week's song and arrangement and you thought it was super cool you never heard the song before and you're listening to this podcast while in quarantine because you really are bored don't have anything much better to do, um, you can email me at samltwillieicloud.com or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartrollies and check out more of my original music at samwilliamsmusic.net. Also, a couple of things I want to let you guys know is that you can find the link to the song in the description of this episode of this podcast and you can find the links to all the songs I've talked about on my show so far on the YouTube and Spotify playlist for the show. Both, both those things are in the description of this episode of this podcast. And yeah, so you can find those and just check them out. And, you know, please do that because then you'll be able to get a good idea of what kind of music I talk about on my show so far. And, you know, hopefully you, you'll learn, you'll listen to some really cool songs you've never heard before. Hopefully they'll give you some ideas for what kind of songs I should talk about next on my show that I haven't done that yet or I haven't t- covered yet. And if that does, you can email me at samltwilliacloud.com with those ideas. And, you know, you can also reach out to me on Instagram as well. Um, another thing I want to let you guys know is that as of right now, um, you can still order, um, something from my official Redbubble merchandise store for this podcast. Um, you know, Redbubble hasn't officially stopped, you know, you know, printing or shipping, you know, uh, you know, items as far as that's concerned, you know, so I'd really appreciate it if you can go on there and if you can purchase something from my store, I'd love it if you can do that. Or if not, if you if you can't afford to, I'd love it if you can send me some feedback on uh, the logo. Um, basically, what the logo is that's attached to all the all these really cool merch items that are on there. 
Uh, it's this catchphrase I say at the end of every episode and keep on trucking tight. I found my name, my podcast in the bottom. So they, there you can go there and, uh, you know, you can take a look at it. I love it. If you can, you know, let me know what you think of logo plus prices of the prices of each item in the store. And you can do that by emailing me at Sam And, or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at iHeartOlies. And yeah, so um, a couple of things I want to let you guys know is that um, um, this I'm going to be doing I'm I'm going to be working on doing an extra thing uh, for this podcast that for those of you who actually want to see, um, you know, what I do with this podcast, um, you know, as far as the, the what the words that I talk about, you know, on this show and you want to actually see that. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm working on, you know, basically taking a lot of my older podcast scripts from some of my older episodes and turning them into a book and I'm going to have multiple volumes and it's going to be in print, you know, so you'll be able, you'll be able to buy one on Amazon or a Kindle version, whichever one you prefer. I'm working on that right now. So I'll let you guys know when that's out, but I have a name for the book. It's going to be called Born the Wrong Era, a 90s music, a 90s kids perspective on the classic music of the swing and 60s. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be the name of the book. And uh, I'm very excited to be able to I'm going to launch it. I'll let you guys know about that. But yeah, so um, I would appreciate, you know, I'll keep you guys posted when that's out. I'll also let you know when the next interview episode is out because we're really close to 100 episodes. We're only like. You know, uh, actually 100. So episode 100, I'm going to be doing an interview episode. And we're only like, you know, three episodes away from that. So I'm going to finish up that interview episode script. And I'm going to reach out to the guy again, email it to him. And then I'm going to do the interview episode in a couple of weeks. So I'm very excited to do that. And I'll probably land on, you know, the two-year anniversary of me starting this podcast in the first place. So that would be really cool as well. I'll let you guys know about that as well. And, again, it's going to be with Mike Vale, the bass player for Tommy James and Shondell. It's going to be super cool. I'll definitely let you guys know when I do that interview. It's going to be great. I can't wait for you guys to hear that when I do it. And I can't wait to do it personally. It's going to be over the phone because he's he's basically – he is in L.A. And, and I don't want to be doing any in-person interviews anyways right now because of the crisis that we're all in. But, yeah, so I'll let you guys know when that happens. And yeah, so I'm Sam Williams, and thank you again for joining me for this week's episode of my podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. Till next week, police! Keep things groovy.